Hello and welcome to a more perfect podcast. What if tomorrow you go into your boss's office and he notifies you that you're going to have to be let go from your job because of non-inclusive racist language you used in an email to your coworker? How about if you get called into the dean's office tomorrow at your college and notified you're going to be kicked out of the university for racist remarks that you made during a non-political class discussion? In fact, you're not even anywhere close to white supremacy and racism. But this future, this dystopia, is closer than you might think. How does this happen? Words themselves are now under attack by the activists at the commanding heights of our institutions. The dictionary is changing the definitions of words to suit the whims of political activists. The dictionary itself has become a political battleground. This episode is going to be about the Orwellian changing of language that we've seen over about the past year and a half. It really is straight out of a horror film. And you know what else is straight out of a horror film? Advertisements. Every day, I go on YouTube, and I want to watch something, and then boom, there's an advertisement, and it sucks. And then I'll want to read an article, but then I'll go on the news website, and then it'll block me from viewing it because I have an ad blocker on. Well, what if I told you that you can block ads without being kicked out of the webpage? With Surfshark VPN, you can do just that. Surfshark VPN blocks ads from ever reaching your network, so you don't have to worry about being kicked out because you got an adblock extension on your browser. It's a really cool future, and with the link in my podcast description, you can get a sweet deal of 81% off of Surfshark VPN. So go ahead, click the link in the podcast description, and support the podcast, support my work, help me create new episodes, and bring you guys content that you'll love. There's something about the language changing that's going on, this this political activist's manipulation of words that you've you got to wrap your head around. This isn't the normal changing of language. The truth is that language changes all the time. For instance, the word hammer ceased to mean just the thing that you hit a nail with. It also became a term for a gun, right? And so hammer used in different contexts could either mean a gun or it could mean a thing that you hit a nail with. That's the regular changing of language that happens, you know, from the street level and then it goes up. That's the bottom-up changing of language. That happens all the time for people to get their ideas across. But what's happening here is different. What's happening here is a top-down changing of language by political activists at the commanding heights of our institutions. So, Merriam-Webster, for example. Merriam-Webster has been bowing to the whims of activists on the street to change the language. They are trying to cram down their political agenda by changing the definitions of the words we use. By changing the discourse itself, they seek to change the world. Let me say that again. The activists are trying to change the discourse to change the world. Once you mess with things like the dictionary, 
these standards to which we look for truth from, if we would like to know what something really means, we look it up in a dictionary, we say, oh, okay, this is what that word that I was looking for means. Everybody knows how a dictionary works, and everybody's used the dictionary in their lives. But once you start altering that standard, and it becomes a political battleground, everything, and I truly mean everything, is going to fall apart. It's terrifying to me what is happening. This top-down changing of language is the woke trying to foist or, or force upon us unwillingly their political agenda. I've got some examples right here for you about this changing of language. So the first word that we're going to look at that literally changed over the past year is the word racism. Now, you might not have noticed that the word racism changed in the dictionary. After all, it changed a year ago. As I'm recording this, it is June 2nd, 2021. One year ago, America was burning, sidetrack here, because of the activists who were educated by sorry excuses for teachers who are really activists themselves, teaching them about how America is a very bad place, concepts like critical race theory, which has now hit the mainstream, thank God, intersectionality, as well as other oppressive theoretical ways of viewing society. And so the university pushes out all these activists into the country. The activists that are pushed out of the university create the culture, and then from the culture comes the legislation. So the pipeline goes like this. The university to the culture. The culture to the legislation. This is why it matters what happens in, in the ivory tower, as some people like to call it. That's what happened in 2020. It was the culmination of that phenomenon sparked by the death of George Floyd. Think of the woke professors in the college is kind of laying the tinder across our culture. And then George Floyd being the spark that lit it all up. Okay. All right. I digress. So while everybody was distracted because of the riots, something else was happening in the background that not a lot of people noticed. The word racism itself changed meaning to mean something else because of the activists. Don't believe me? Take a listen yourself. As hundreds of thousands march for justice across the country and in St. Louis, one recent college grad is using her voice in a different way. With everything going on, I think it's really important that everyone is on the same page. The same page of the dictionary, that is. Kennedy Meacham, a recent college graduate studying law, politics, and society, said the issue stemmed after people would quote the verbatim definition of racism. A couple weeks ago, I was like, okay, this is the last argument I'm going to have about this. Like, I know what racism is. I've experienced it. So I emailed them. According to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, racism is a belief that race is the primary determinant of human traits and capacities and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. I basically told them that they need to include that there's a systematic oppression upon a group of people. It's not just it's not just, oh, I don't like someone. After back and forth emails, the editor of Merriam-Webster agreed, saying a revision to the entry of racism is now being drafted. So that's how it happened. 
That's how George Orwell became a reality. A woman got butt hurt over losing an argument with her friends, and so she whines like a little baby and emails Merriam-Webster, and then Merriam-Webster, weak-kneed Merriam-Webster, the spineless editor, says, okay, we'll change the definition. And it's over. The definition, the standard of objective truth, is now gone forever. It's also important to note that when this stupid activist says that she wants everybody to be on the same page, that what she really means is that she wants everybody to be on her page. She wants everybody to be subservient to the demands and the worldview of critical race theory and submit to the intransigent spitefulness of the radical Black Lives Matter movement. She doesn't mean come to a common ground or come to terms in which we can have a productive conversation. It truly is quite something. But just in case you were thinking that, oh, I can just go to another dictionary that hasn't gone woke, maybe like Cambridge, you're sorely mistaken because Cambridge has gone woke too. Isn't it wonderful, all of the companies working in tandem to enforce the leftist political hegemony? The nifty thing about Cambridge, though, was that they didn't come out with a press release about it. I had to find it myself. So I compared dictionaries, right? And I looked at dictionary.com. I looked at... Merriam-Webster, which is obviously where I found that initial thing, and then I looked at the Cambridge Dictionary, and I found something on Cambridge Dictionary. So what I did was I went on the Internet Archive, and I looked at, all the way back in 2015, an archived version of the definition of racism. And the archived definition of racism the real definition of racism from 2015 says this, and I quote, the belief that some races are better than others or the unfair treatment of someone because of his or her race. That's racism. Let's compare that to the 2021 definition of racism. So they added two more definitions to racism, and they also subjugated the 2015 definition of racism to the uh, intermediate, like, advanced dictionary. I don't know. It's wokeness. It's not supposed to make sense. So anyways, the 2021 definition of racism is as follows. Policies, behaviors, rules, etc. that result in a continued unfair advantage to some people and unfair or harmful treatment of others based on race. Now this might not seem so different from the original definition, but it is because it says policies and rules. And then it gives an example. It says the authorities are taking steps to combat, fight, tackle racism in schools. The second example makes it even more clear their real aims here. The second example is the report made it plain that institutional racism, which is, as it says, racism in all parts of an organization, is deep rooted in this country. It doesn't say which country, but I'm gonna go out on a limb here and 
think it means the United States. And then it added another definition. It said, harmful or unfair things that people say, do, or think based upon the belief that their race makes them more intelligent, good, moral, etc. than people of other races. Again, this might not seem so different, but look at it. It's critical race theory influenced with the addition of the word think. This is a allusion towards the tenet of critical race theory known as implicit bias, or the notion that we all hold subconscious biases towards or against people based upon the color of their skin. Again, this is a totally Soviet way of viewing a person, let alone their beliefs. And the, again, the examples of the second definition make it even more clear. One of the examples is she said that she had experienced some overt racism firsthand. It emboldens overt. And then on the second example, it says he wanted to show what it felt like to be the subject of casual racism, casual being emboldened. Okay, so obviously there's a difference here. Casual means kind of subconscious or to get even more specific, critical race theory has a tenet called microaggressions. Microaggressions are slights towards the critical social justice influenced or woke person. Things like looking at them the wrong way, not opening a door for them, all of those stupid little slights that people do to you, you know, every day, people are just jerks sometimes. They take it to heart as an act of racism. They call that casual racism or more formally microaggression, sometimes also called implicit bias. This is Soviet stuff, and Cambridge yielded to this. Cambridge has no spine. Whoever wrote this has no spine, and it's simply disgusting that our institutions, our, our standards of objective truth, again, our standards of, of objective truth, are literally being railed upon, assaulted, and then bended over backwards and just screwed over by these social justice warriors. I'm serious. This is George Orwell in the process, and if you don't listen to me, we're all going to be screwed. There's already people saying 2 plus 2 equals 5. I can't make this crap up. It was in the, it was in the Popular Mechanics magazine the other day. An idiot from Harvard says 2 plus 2 equals 5. I, I kid you not. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not being a conspiracy theorist here. I'll link it in the source notes. I'm serious. Check it out. This is George Orwell. Please pay attention. It's happening right before your own lying eyes. It's happening. Wake up. Fight against this. Fight against it before it's too late, before they take everything else. Just like they almost took Amy Coney Barrett's Supreme Court seat. That's right, we're going all the way back to before the election of 2020. So, y'all remember when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, 
And then Trump nominated Amy Coney Barrett to take her place. Well, obviously the Democrats raised a big old stink about it. It was kind of the second thing on the nation's mind for a few weeks as Amy Coney Barrett was being confirmed to the Supreme Court. Everybody kind of remembers that. But something happened in the confirmation process for Amy Coney Barrett. Here, take a listen for yourself. See if you can find out what went wrong in Amy Coney Barrett's answer to a question flung at her by the Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein. Take a listen. I understand you don't want to answer these questions directly, but you identify yourself with a justice that you, like him, would be a consistent vote to roll back hard-fought freedoms and protections for the LGBT community. And what I was hoping you would say is that this would be a point of difference where those freedoms would be respected. And you haven't said that. Senator, I have no agenda, and I do want to be clear that I have never discriminated on the basis of sexual preference and would not ever discriminate on the basis of sexual preference. The leftists basically got themselves in a knot afterwards about Amy Coney Barrett using the term sexual preference, even though incredibly high-profile Democrats, including the current president of the United States, have used it in the past based upon race, color, or preference, or sexual preference. But, hypocrisy aside, something bigger is going on here. After the Democrats' hypocritical criticism of Amy Coney Barrett for using the term sexual preference, there was a vast array of LGBT advocacy groups that came out against her. The LGBT advocacy groups, in case you didn't know, are aligned with the Democrats. While Amy Coney Barrett was being rebuked from a variety of fronts by the leftist agitators, something really scary happened in the fray. Merriam-Webster, our favorite dictionary, updated its definition for the word preference. This is from Pink News, and I quote, Its online dictionary now includes the following addendum. Merriam-Webster says that the term preference, as used to refer to sexual orientation, is widely considered offensive in its implied suggestion that a person can choose who they are sexually or romantically attracted to. Merriam-Webster updated its definition for the word preference to concede to the Democrats' narrative. Unlike the word racism, you don't have to be talking about a contentious issue for your speech to be criminalized now. Preference is used in a lot of different contexts and a lot of different cases. Preference is an ordinary, non-controversial word. You don't need a diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative in your workplace for your speech to be criminalized if ordinary words like preference can be deemed offensive by our leftist betters in the institutions of power in American society. This is the danger. This right here is the danger. You are in a minefield now. If any word can be deemed offensive and non-inclusive, who the hell is safe? After all, you wouldn't do this with a word like esophagus. If you look it up in the dictionary, 
It might tell you where the esophagus is in the human body. But if you start changing the definition of esophagus and you say that it resides in your foot, for example, what the hell? It resides in your foot. Now, the dictionary says it, even though it's not true. In reality, the esophagus is somewhere else in your body. The point being, if it was any other word, they wouldn't change it. So why would you change this one? You wouldn't, unless you have a malicious agenda. And they do have a malicious agenda. You see, they wish to make American society accountable. So accountable is a word that's being used with a twisted definition that hasn't been redefined by the dictionary yet, but rather is used to deceive people into following the activists' demands or to buckle under the pressure of the activists' demands. Through the use of deceptive language, activists can effectively infiltrate an institution and then gut it and wear its skin as a cloak to further take our great country. I mean, I'm not kidding. Have you listened? <laughs> have you have you listened to CNN lately? Have you listened to even the uh, the the national broadcast sections of NPR recently? It's totally leftist. They've gutted it, and they're wearing its skin. Anyways, accountable to the person who believes in anti-racism means something very, very different, and it's used to deceive. According to racial equity tools, this is directly from the activists, they say accountability is a keystone of racial equity work. Accountability refers to creating processes and systems that are designed to help individuals and groups to be held in check for their decisions and actions and for whether the work being done reflects and embodies racial justice principles. Okay, so that's how the activists define it. Then we would say, well, colloquially, we expect people, we expect people in positions of power especially, to be held to the standards of their job, right? So, for instance, if a politician isn't passing legislation for his or her constituents, then it's a bad politician, and we should hold that politician accountable and kick him out of office next election cycle. That's not the accountability that we're talking about here. This accountability to job standards is not what the anti-racist activist is talking about. Accountability means accountable to the racial justice activists. You better be accountable to my demands because I'm your boss now. When they say we need to hold these businesses accountable, when they say we need accountability, that just means we need power. Accountability means give us power. Unfortunately, a lot of people still think that, oh, I'm just not doing my job correctly according to the standards defined by my job, and that these people are just asking me to do my job better. No, 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 no. They are asking for you to be accountable to them. It's a dangerous 
word game, and if you aren't aware of it, you're vulnerable to being manipulated by these slimy, slippery activists that wish to, again, gut your institution and wear its skin and then use it for their own political gain. Anyways, I think that's going to be about it for this episode. I hope you liked it. Please share this podcast with all your friends. If you didn't know one of these words, then now you know. Don't be manipulated. Don't be afraid to speak out. Remember, from my episode with Evan from the University of Florida, as he said, you've got your voice for a reason. You've got something to say for a reason. Say it. You gotta speak out. Don't be afraid of these people. They're not as strong as you think they are. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, then please give me a five-star rating. It helps me boost my podcast and grow my following. If you want to support the show, then check out Surfshark VPN and block ads from ever reaching your network. It's a pretty cool feature, and you'll be able to read things ad-free. Plus, you get 81% off, so what are you waiting for? Support the show, help me make content. What do you got to lose? Anyways, that's it for me. I hope all of you have a more perfect day.